I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. So I have a question. Yeah. When you have a puppy mm-hmm. and you're having sex <laughs> near him, with you, do you ever feel like it's wrong? <laughs> um, well, since I did that yesterday and I got some squirting juices on him. As oh, my God. Because he was in the bed. So he's too small. <laughs> He was too small. So he's too small to jump off the bed because he will break a leg or something because he's two and a half pounds and the bed's too high up. Like he'll, he can't jump off your couch right now. Um, he's too scared. And so if I put him down on the ground, he tends to take a big shit somewhere. So I can't put him on the ground, but if he's in the bed, I can like know that he's there and he won't pee or poo on the bed. So I leave him in there during the sexual intercourse. <laughs> you mean the copulation? The copulation. The fornication. And so he just turns away. But last night, yeah, I got some squirting juices on him. I was like, oh, damn, he smells like some sex. Oh, no. Were you using the magic wand or something? Just, no, no, my partner was just uh, juicing it up. Juicing it out. <laughs> it was your juices or their juices? We were having like... Um, All the above juices? Well, we were having the uh, after fight sex. Angry, angry sex? <laughs> Makeup sex? <laughs> I don't know if we've really even made up quite yet, but I was like, <laughs> "You're still arguing." <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, "Dude, he struggles with that too." He, I don't know. Are you a person that can bounce back after a fight and like go straight into sex or mm. a loving kind of conversation? Um, I, I, I can bounce back quickly after a fight if it's been, um, if it's been worked through. Okay, I, I'm not one to just. To put on a happy face and, and ignore. Fake it. No, no, I don't do that. But I and I definitely wouldn't be able to have sex if I didn't feel like there was a connection there. So I would need to work through it first. Feel like there's a connection, then I could have sex. So I'm a person that can bounce back immediately, and I just want that kind of security again, feeling like we're okay. And he takes a lot of time. His processing time, even after we're, we've kind of worked through mm-hmm. the situation, he needs sometimes 24 hours mm-hmm. to even feel back in line. And so it tends to be uh, kind of detrimental to m- to like our, our process because it's I need that, yeah. that like love and that feeling of, of connection right away. Mm-hmm. Almost uh, like aftercare, after a good, you know, bang session, I need to, the vulva hug. I made him hug my vulva last night too. I was like, <laughs> you need to hug my vulva. <laughs> <laughs> the vulva hug and he did it so you're saying after you get into an argument you quickly need some sort of connection otherwise what happens if you don't get it I feel abandoned what happens when you feel abandoned I feel alone what else happens when you feel I alone I get sad you feel sad and I'm like damn and it. what happens when you feel sad then I cuddle my dog that's filled with squirt juices <laughs> <laughs> well and so I think that the um, 
totally get it. Totally get it. Because I also have anxious attachment stuff too. And so that will come up with the desire to fix as soon as possible. And I know that you and I both have that. Yes. Um, And what I have learned from dating, not dating, being in a relationship with my ex-partner now of 5.5 years, who's highly avoidant, is that I don't always get to repair things as quickly as I want because I'm dealing with someone else's... um, their their speed right of how quickly they move through and are ready to connect and so i would say that because you said that i need this thing my question be do you need it from someone else or is there a need that you have that you can that your system you can give your system right and on my own mm -hmm, yeah so that isn't a bottle of wine isn't a bottle (laughs) of wine yeah it's more like you know when you feel abandoned by by someone, you know, th- what happens for often for people who experience bouts of codependency, such as you and I, which we both know that we go, we've, I've done a lot of work around codependency, is that we were worried about being abandoned by the other person. So we end up abandoning ourselves to appease them. Totally. That's, and someone gets abandoned no matter what. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I am aware of. Yeah. It's just almost this reactive state that I get in where, there's a reaction and I need that, that, that affirmation that I'm loved. And I guess, are you telling yourself that you're loved though? I mean, you're weird. No, you need it from well, someone else. kind of, I think that yesterday specifically after the fight, I, I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted that sort of closeness or connection that, yeah. that, that we had such a, an intense argument and, over, you know, something that has been brewing in our relationship for some time. And a lot of it stems from my own insecurities, which I'm aware of, which I voice and, um, they're still there. Yeah. And I'm working on them all the time. And I wrote this today. I wrote this really long letter to him that I don't know if I'll ever give him, but mm-hmm. sometimes it just helps me get my thoughts. He doesn't read the podcast. Listen, we're not read, listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not. And I, and I don't know if that's something that is, is typical if people write letters and don't send them. I feel. Yeah, I think it's a great it's practice. Healing. I tell clients to do it often. Oh, yeah, I've told. I've had a fifteen-year-old client before who was upset with their dad, and it was like, write them a letter, and there's no pressure to send it to them. It's just a great practice to get out your emotions. Well, because I tend to. This is our, and and I'm not going to get st- too stuck on this because we have a lot of amazing stuff to to get with. Um, to give our listeners mm-hmm. to get with our listeners. We're going to get with our listeners. Get with it. So I don't want to spend too much time on this. However, I will say that uh, when it comes to the letter writing, it helps me feel, it helps me get my thoughts in order. And today I realized my wants and desires from him, which I always say he's not fulfilling and I'm asking for, Mm. and I don't say he's not fulfilling them. I say, I I consistently tell you what I want and I feel like you're not listening Mm -hmm. uh, because you're not showing up in these ways that I'm asking. And I realized that I haven't been really clear with him on deciphering my wants. I just Mm -hmm. expect him to move mountains and cross oceans Mm -hmm. and have all this passion and romance and drive, but then I want all this independence at the same time. It's confusing message. It's so confusing. Yeah. And when I was writing that, I was like, I'm confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and that really helped me kind of understand, I think, and get more in line with sometimes that my demands are, like Esther Perel says too, your partner can't be everything for you. No, they, they, they can't. can't. We can't expect them to be your everything and to meet all of your needs. No, and that's what I was expecting. And so mm-hmm. the letter did help me get real with myself. Yeah. 
And I think that's, that's smart. And yeah. to, to that practice. And then also when you're feeling here, are you, are you open to some, just a one little tip of advice? Oh, for sure. That's why we're talking about okay. this. <laughs> and maybe a listener out there will also benefit from it's good to check my in. trials and tribulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would say also, um, when you're, be, if you're if you're identifying that there might be a part of you that ex- has expectations for your partner to meet all of your needs, and that you have a need for them to show up in a certain way when you're otherwise you feel sad, abandoned, etc., um, reach out to other people other than your partner, right? Yes. Like yes, when you're when you're because you're saying I need someone else to show up for me so I don't feel alone. Why is it that your partner is the one that always has to assist you in not feeling alone? I know you have a puppy nose. Your puppy can do that. But, you know, you have friends and family and people that love you. I also, I this is something that I'm working on. I, I really try to self-soothe, which is something that hasn't necessarily been something that I've done consistently when I'm when I'm in a state of, of total... Um, I don't, what's the right word? Chaos. When mm. my life feels so chaotic. So uh, self-soothing is is where I don't want to feel like I'm a victim. Mm. I don't want to feel like I am um, on my own, but I think self-soothing is something that's important. And last night, I don't. I think it would have turned into a bashing session if I would have reached out to someone. Um, oh, about him? Yes. I don't know, though I will have to say sometimes you just got to bash, man. I, I know, I'm, but- <laughs> I'm a fan of it sometimes. Where I, And not like, and I, I would start a good bashing session with, hey, can you just hear me <laughs> complain about some shit for a while? Like, I just want to complain. I'm having a really hard time. Do you have space for this? It doesn't mean I don't love this person. It doesn't mean I want to leave them. But fuck that motherfucker right now because I'm, this is how, this is what I'm going through. Can you hold this space? And yeah, and I guess my question also from what I'm hearing too is like, are, is there like some pride in there and you don't want people to think that you're weak or, or that my relationship's flawed for sure. Your relationship's flawed. Can I tell you? Well, I know that my relationship <laughs> is flawed. Everyone is it's just, it's just that, um, in it, with him, he's so, he gets very sensitive about because our friend groups are so close mm-hmm. about people and th- ow <laughs> my dog just bit my wolf <laughs> he's a little your dog crazy. is on your partner's side obviously. yeah um he but i just know that if i do go into those those moments of of needing to vent um i need to be clear about this stays between the person that I'm venting to and this is all information that I need to get because I'm angry right now. So I need yeah. to share and I, and I don't want you to judge my relationship. So please just keep an open heart and, 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 can, I and ask them that. Too. And there's if, only certain if you're, people if that you I don't w- think that you can stay open. Then I won't, I won't vent to you. Right? Yes. And that's no, there's no hard feelings. Especially if that. they're going to form judgments about yeah. him or, or, or our relationship, because I don't need that. Sometimes you're right though. Mm. Hence the letter writing. Yeah. Sometimes you do need an ally, a, a venting ally. Totally. I just don't want to spout that much negativity on a regular basis because you've heard people vent sometimes and they vent regularly and it becomes this negative sort of cloud that sometimes putting all that bad energy out into the environment affects you and it can come back and manifest in different ways. So, yeah. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I get it. I, yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's a, important practice though not to bottle everything up and the self-soothing thing comes with often the self-sufficient mentality that I can't rely on anyone else so I have to do it all on my own which, which is, is a protective mechanism of its own and that's how yeah. I am in general yeah. so which is which is your your work and a gift as well so that's about me and my fucked up <sighs> life all no. right <laughs> well you know us uh, we 
we're flawed and we're all we're humans too so and we're flawed there's a beauty in being a flawed human because we all are and there's a beauty in owning it you know right in being I, like in acknowledging completely. that yeah we know that we're not perfect and that's what our podcast is all about if it's your first time listening to shameless sex everyone we don't just talk about ourselves all the time no we don't uh, and the premise of our podcast really is to um talk about sex shamelessly in a way where we embrace all of the challenges, all the vulnerability, all the flaws, all the things, um, as opposed to pretend like everything's all good and wearing a mask like we got it all together because we certainly don't. And with all that said, guess what? We're teaching an event in California at Grover Beach. That's near San Luis Obispo, if you didn't know. April and I are teaching Oral Sex 101. This is Saturday, June 29th of 2019 at 7.30 p.m. at Diamond Adult World. Please come, learn with us, laugh with us, play with us. Uh, This is for all bodies, all folks. We're teaching how to please vulvas, how to please penises, how to please all kinds of bits. Uh, it's a playful, educational evening with yours truly. And guess what? The class is $25, but each attendee gets $20 gift card to Diamond Adult. So the class is 5 bucks, and then you get $20 to go shopping at Diamond Adult and buy your favorite sex toys. Again, Grover Beach in California, Saturday, June 29th. I also heard that Uberlube is going to be sponsoring, meaning they are paying for some d- tasty snacks, some champagne or wine or something. It's going to be a really fun event. Uh, so go check it out, diamondadult.com. We really hope to see you there. Come play with us. And even if you think you're an expert, it's always good to have more information, more tools. I mean, I'm still learning. I think I'm pretty good at sucking the dick. I'm pretty good too, but sometimes I need more information. And maybe I, maybe I'm really not good at it. I just think <laughs> no, you're pretty good. Really, have I, I sucked your tell. dick before? I can just. How tell. can you tell? Can you look at somebody? That's I've seen you really swallow good. that dildo, and you like open up the back of your your throat just the right way. That's just you expert see? deep throwing skills. <laughs> I have a bad gag reflex, so that can't happen. She's also what did you say? You don't even have like TMJ or something. I have TMJ. My jaw clicks every time I eat a bagel. Oh, that's geez. why I gave up gluten. Oh my god, that's why. <laughs> uh, also, if you're in. San Santa Cruz, this is actually not even a shameless sex event, but we want to do a shout out because we love the people putting this together. There is an event going on on Friday, June 21st. It's actually for all Fridays, maybe the third Friday of every month in Santa Cruz. Um, it's going to have food trucks, face painting, family fun, live music, dance performances, kids activities, etc., etc. Downtown Santa Cruz It is the north end of Pacific Avenue between Locust and Water Street. So go and join. I'll be down there this month. So if you want to come see me. Are you going to get your face painted? Mm, a big D-Rock on the side. <laughs> <laughs> just coming in towards my mouth. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, I should do it. Yeah, or like make should. my face a giant yoni. Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, you, can you make me Wolverine, please? Can you make me Wolverine? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! That was good. That was good. Anyways, the people that heard that we were going to do a shout out for this event were like, "Damn it! (laughs) Go check it out." All the kids are getting butterflies. (laughs) Getting (laughs) bulbery. Oh my god, that's so good! (laughs) All right, we have a sex question, everyone. (laughs) This is a very simple sex question. Uh, usually people send us a uh, longer sex question and this one was essentially two sentences and one of them is is it okay to have more than one friend with benefits i love this question i love it simple of course it's okay 
Duh, of course. <laughs> it's very okay. It's very okay. I'm I'm just my I'm trying to wrap my head around where they were coming from and why they might not think it's okay. So I'm wondering if it has to do with shame like that might make them slutty or is it gonna make it more complicated or I, can I just love that we get asked these kinds of questions. Like I think you it's know? Awesome. And hey. remember when you had the tears, the tier system? If you listen to our oh, early yeah. podcast, like our first three or four, when April was single, she had this tier system for the people that she would sleep with. And those are all friends with benefits. They were all friends with benefits. And I was, to be clear with this listener, I was very communicative about my stance and not about all my tears. I wasn't like, you're tier one or <laughs> you're tier two. I just said, hey, this is a non-exclusive situation. I'm having a lot of fun with you and uh, I hope you're okay that there are other people and I do practice safe sex. That was one thing though, that if you were going to be fluid bonded with multiple people, I believe safety should be uh, mission or at least discuss Disgust. with people. Yes. Yeah. I think that if you're going to go and have multiple friends of benefits, just being honest with them about it might make things a little bit safer um, in terms of the complex effort, not, not in terms of safer sex, but in terms of the complexities of like, you know, if someone finds out that you're also have another friends of benefits that happen to be a part of the same or similar social circle, feelings might not be as, um, as easily hurt if you're more honest and transparent. So yeah, go have multiple friends of benefits. Friends of benefits can be a really awesome situation. Uh, I've had friends of benefits before and it's been wonderful. And uh, go listen to the episode we did. I may have been episode five with Reed Mahalko about casual sex. Oh, yeah. If your concern is about how to keep it casual, go listen to that episode. I was breaking all those rules when I had my tears. What does he say? Like no, no summer parties? No <laughs> breakfast the next morning. No couples trips. I was doing all those things. He's, I think he even says like to keep it simple, hang out with them only like once or twice a month at the mm-hmm. most. And so it just depends on what your intentions are. But yeah, go have multiple friends of benefits. Be awesome and have fun. I was getting, remember when I got that text message from one of my my tears girlfriends when we were in Utah. Oh jeez. And you were like, uh oh, you need oh to be and God. I said, why don't you ask him these questions? I'm confused. We're just hooking up. Yeah, she's trying to scare you away. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Didn't work. You scared her. I scared her. Yeah, you scared her. <laughs> well. It didn't work with him anyways. Um, okay, so <laughs> go get your friends with benefits. Um, I'm totally into it. So before we dive into the bio, a couple things. Uh, numero uno, if everyone, anyone, all everyone out here that wants to learn more about uh, sexual health, sexual rights, go check out the Woodhull Freedom Foundation. They're hosting their annual summit once again. I know a lot of sex educator friends have been. It's the only national human rights organization working full-time on gender and sexual rights. So it's a four-day event where educators, researchers, content creators, and activists come together to share information and advocacy tools to protect the fundamental human rights to express our unique sexual and gender identities. You know that's important to us. So far, the podcast world hasn't been affected by all these SESTA-FOSTA rule things. But There's there's really cool stuff happening, too. It's, It's four days, obviously. Like Amy said, there's work workshop there's different events there's i think there's even like a smut slam yeah sexy evening events where they do a smut slam it's a sexy storytelling competition it's a place to network and to learn oh and joan price is going to be there we're doing an episode with her soon Um, she wrote a really good great book yes it's and she's doing a, a talk there with jessica drake who's an educator and porn star 
and so there's all kinds of stuff. So go check it out. It's the 2019 Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit. It's going to take place August 15th. That's 2019 uh, through the 18th in Alexandria, Virginia. Get your tickets now at woodhullfoundation.org. That's W-O-O-D. H-U-L-L foundation.org. And Amy, you can't put a price on education. You can't put a price on education. It's the gift that keeps on giving, especially when it comes to social justice and, I don't know, sexual advocacy. This episode is with River, who we've talked about, who I've been doing some vulva mapping sessions. I've known them for a number of years uh, and they are, I'll read the bio, but there's a sexological body worker, a somatic sex educator, etc. cetera. Uh, and a lot of the work that we do, we've talked about, they use castor oil. And I actually had someone message me on Instagram saying, is castor oil, you said it's a good lube. Why is it a good lube? I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no, no, not, no. And I responded to them. Okay. So I want to let everyone know, if you've heard us talk about castor oil in these sessions we've been, been receiving in vulva mapping, castor oil is not a lubricant. It gets very, very sticky. It is thick. A, yes, very thick. It's an oil that you use specifically for uh, remediation. massage. Remediation. Yeah, and remediation is good for healing and inflammation of the skin. So like for my vulva, I actually have some pain uh, in certain spots. And so either sexological body workers or I also bought my own castor oil to start doing remediation where I'm essentially massaging the areas that have pain. So not a lube. You want a really good lubricant, go with Uber Lube. You've heard us talk about this. So Uber Lube is for sex. It's for ma- for self-pleasure. Um, castor oil is for healing and uh, remediation of your, of your body. So Uber Lube never gets sticky, long-lasting, has no flavor, no scent. It is in a beautiful bottle. It's good for all kinds of sex. There's, God, is there's like 500 doctors on board in the U.S. alone that are recommending it um, because it also has vitamin E in it, which helps moisturize the it's skin. It's a silicone-based yes. lube, so it's... It really never does get sticky. It lasts as long as you want it to. It's amazing lube. It's some of the best. And I've tested a lot of lubes. We know our lubes. But again, castor oil, not a lube. Uber lube, phenomenal lube for all kinds of sex. Go to uberlube.com. And if you use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps, you get 10% off and free shipping. Go check that out. And uh, if you have inflammation, go check out castor oil, which I don't really know. Google it and get organic castor oil. That's what they say. Uh, And then lastly... We got our good old OMG yes. So uh, OMG yes, my um, my mom just accessed the oh really the second season. The second season. What did she think? She's still in review, but she's she's amazed so far. So far, I, I've watched I think maybe five to ten of them. They're oh really? I think the, of so, season two of season two. Good job. You're I can't there. remember because it's been over. It's always open. The tabs always open on my computer. And sometimes when I'm just needing a break from work, I'll just check out some new tactics. Like, I'm going to learn some things. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. I love it. So OMGS is an online program that is research based. It has videos and lots of information on all kinds of pleasure. Season one is all about external vulva pleasure. Season two is about internal pleasure. And they are tasteful videos that show you all these different techniques on which you can try on your own body or on another body. So if you're someone that wants to enhance your orgasmic experience or potential or try new things, great option. If you're someone that wants to learn how to touch another body, also a great option for you. We are huge fans. If you go to omgs.com backslash shameless, you get $5 off. So go check it out. Are you ready for a bio? 
Yeah, I'm curious to learn about River. You haven't, April was not there for this recording, but April has experienced what we talk about on this podcast. Apparently, we've been talking a lot about all this vulva mapping and um, and sexological body work, and we are not sponsored by them in any way. <laughs> we just uh, believe, believe in, in it. it. Yeah, whoa. we totally, whoa, 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 whoa. What do, what do you say when you're a kid? Like, you owe Jinx. Me, you owe me a Coke. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx, double drinks. I never drank Coke. I drank Mountain Dew. You owe me a Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it's gross. Um, okay. <laughs> We're not sponsored by Mountain Dew either. No. <laughs> Yellow five. Uh, okay. So River is an SSEA certified somatic sex educator, IASHS certified sexological body worker, and attention and trauma release exercise practitioner with a private practice in San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Ohlone territory. Their work is dedicated to supporting the reintegration of the erotic body after trauma with scar tissue remediation, body-centered practices, and the discharging of stuck emotions and tension held in the tissues of the body. River creates a non-judgmental and safe space for queer, trans, non-binary folks and women to explore their boundaries, desires, and pleasure at their own pace. River is also the creator of the Erotics Art Project, an online and in-person community project that celebrates the creative and erotic body of queer, trans, and non-binary artists and activists. They believe that celebrating our bodies and desires give us the freedom to lovingly and joyfully meander through the glorious depths of our erotic and creative worlds. Visit the Erotic Arts Project at theeroticartsproject.life and to learn more about River's offerings, visit riverdrosera.life. That's R-I-V-E-R-D-R-O-S-E-R-A dot life. Shall we dive in? Let's do it. All right, everyone. We are diving into the podcast. I like to set the scene when uh, I am recording, as you know, if you've listened before. I am in not Berkeley. I'm in Albany. I uh, am here for my Hakomi training. It's a holistic psychotherapy training that I am in year two of. I come up here one weekend a month. And I'm here with a group of other folks from Santa Cruz, all learning about how to um, better serve our clients. And we're doing a housing swap where we're in someone's house and they're in our house at home. <laughs> and I am here with uh, River Drosera. I said your last name, right? You did. You did it. Yes. yes. River, <laughs> who, yes, who lives up here in the Bay and works in the Bay um, with folks as a sexological body worker, a sex coach. You do uh, TRE, was a trauma? Tension and trauma. Tension and trauma exercises. Okay. Yes. And we obviously read all about this in the bio. um, But this is the perfect opportunity. I know once again, April was like, you're recording a lot of episodes without me and, and not, she wasn't upset about it but I was like well I'm I travel I travel and I know people places and so I go and I record with them so as I like to do shout out to April we love you yeah <laughs> and I don't know if you've met April yet I don't think I have okay okay yeah all right Boo. well April will listen and April okay. shall learn so <laughs> uh, but this is just just perfect and this is also perfect and I want to start with this piece because On previous episode, I have already, actually two probably by now, I have talked about um, doing sessions with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been coming up here and doing sexological bodywork sessions with you where you're my sexological bodyworker. Specifically, as if people who have been listening for a long time, they know that I um, have been on this journey to kind of reclaim 
my sexuality, my my drive, my desire, my arousal, my connection to my body has just been really turned down and turned off. And um, and so I've been coming up here working with you, and I wanted to start with sharing more about that. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess my first question: Can you just tell our listeners? How did you get to be where you are today? Like, why oh did you gosh. choose to be a sexological body worker and do the work that you do? I love these stories. Um, Me too. So yes, yes. Um, I actually lived in an all queer household in mm-hmm. Santa Cruz, and that's where I met Ariadne Loya, who was the former. She used to teach sexological body work. And so we hit it off. We became good friends. And she was like, you have to do this. Like, you're so great for it. You know, please, let's let's see if we can get you in. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure about this. I even, like, left New York for about a year. And then I came back. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then it was, that was it. And so um, after that, I was on the teaching team for two years as a teaching assistant. And then I was, for two years, the... Um, one of the core facilitators. Mm-hmm. And so it just like took off. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Your life now. has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just such an interesting <laughs> thing for that to take off all of a sudden you go from wherever you were before to, um, okay, I now touch people's bodies and their genitals and help them not, and this is not all people, but some people and help them work through shame and trauma and places they might be turned off or turned down and help them to connect deeper with their bodies or whatever it is they're coming for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like quite a twist. Does your whole family know what you do? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Good, yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it kind of just seemed like a natural thing to get involved in it. Yeah. So when I was, um, uh, grew up and you know went when I went to college I was an art student mm-hmm. and I was doing so much work around sexuality and making all kinds of like I was looking at one of my old notebooks and I was like oh my god I write about the same stuff like <laughs> the same <laughs> questions yeah, like, <laughs> now I'm just so, maybe you have a little more knowledge just a little yeah bit. a lot more <laughs> yeah so yeah it was just it seemed like a like a just natural thing mm-hmm. to kind of go into it but. and we co- before I even came in and, and I guess I, I did do a sexological body work session with you years ago uh, I think you were fresh yeah. out of the training and I was I had just done Barbara Corellis's urban tantra training so that was a, God, that was I don't even know was that seven years ago or something a long time ago that was ago. a while ago yeah. probably five years yeah, ago yeah maybe five okay yeah and then but then we went on to teach together we did and I and I yeah we had and we taught with another woman we taught some um, sexual empowerment um, weekends for female identified folks and um, mm-hmm. and that was I think kind of the last time that I really worked with you. So it's fun, it's fun and different and interesting, and also feels so safe being on this other end with you of me being on your massage table. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess so. I wanted to share with with people a little bit about what that looks like. I talked about it on past podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what River is doing with me is you never touched me without me actually. You, without consent, mm-hmm. every even when your hand changes to a new place, mm-hmm. you are getting consent to touch a new place. Yes, and, and not all of it. Uh, and so I am deciding what my body wants. And you're essentially, it seems like, really inviting me to be in, come find way to be in my body and follow the thread of what is here now. And so, what sensation, yes. what emotion, what feeling, while creating safety in that. And through that, I saw that. I by following all these very these very small subtle threads that it went to these places that I've been completely missing. I'm like, oh my god, 
there is arousal in here or there mm-hmm. is sensation here and maybe it's not like a 10 you know not an or mind-blowing orgasm muscles contracting but there are these things that have probably been here but i've been so stuck in the what what's not mm-hmm. or in the looking of something really big that i've completely blocked myself to the point where i'm and i think there's other reasons why I'm, i feel kind of numbed out too but Anyways, is this common for what you see with people that they come in? And also the feeling I left was, was like, I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see this often when you're working with folks? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I what separates our work from, like, let's say, massage therapy is when you go in to receive a massage, you lay down on a table and something is being done to you. Yes. You later, it's, it's, it's totally great. Yeah. Um, but when you go see a sexological body worker, a somatic sex educator, we do a ton of consent work and boundary work prior to. And so really, like when people are like, I, w- I really want a huge, you know, orgasm or I want to do vulva mapping, you know, we really take our time. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is doing what we call the bossy massage. Yes. And so you're telling me how you want to be touched. And so I'm making, I'm not making any assumptions. I don't know how you like to be touched. Mm-hmm. You, only you do more than anyone. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I only do what you ask, nothing more, nothing less. You know, we practice that. And so then you know that you are essentially in power. Mm-hmm. And so that you get to ask for the touch that you want and that you're getting it. Mm-hmm. And you get to take our time. Mm-hmm. And so we can do things like holding and like, really slow down like that like i'm obsessed with slowing down yes (laughs) it's the best it's it's so and i think a lot of people don't um often aren't experiencing it either with even with their own self-pleasure or when the touch from other people is it's it's often isn't what is practiced yep and it's so fast and you know we have a desire for something i want to feel you know more in my body i want to feel whatever and we want it now Mm -hmm. but like if you really want that the slow part is where it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, really taking your time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder, uh, I'm curious, do you often have people that come there and they experience that you're, res- they experience you respecting their bodies, essentially saying, I'm only going to move at your pace. And mm-hmm. in fact, we're going to move really slow. And I would imagine you have a number of people who probably break down um, in a way of like probably tears and from just oh my god mm-hmm. I've been pushing myself beyond my limits maybe my whole life or maybe mm-hmm. for years and here's what it feels like to finally have someone on, not only honor and respect my body but me to do it mm-hmm. for me it's it's powerful yeah it's huge mm-hmm. for people so definitely a lot comes up around it mm-hmm. um, and people do often uh, have emotional reactions because maybe for the first time they have someone who is really asking for what they want. Mm-hmm. And then that can even be really scary of like, I've never been asked that. I don't know what I want. Yeah. Okay, well, let's find out. You yeah. know, let's take our time. Yeah, yeah. And you, what you'll say too is if you don't know, if, if I didn't know what I want, you'll you'll just be present, right? Yeah, you'll just, I'll just wait. We don't, I don't <laughs> have to make up something. And I saw the distinction in my being of like, I, what came up for me in there was that this this realization that oh, oh here's that thought of I need to be doing something, you know that kept popping up for me. But because it was a pre negotiation situation where I was not going to be giving to you or touching mm. you, I was able to work with it. But I saw how often that story pops up there and gets in the way, and it just was so so much was available when I didn't need to do when there was no rush for me to know what to do. When I knew that mm-hmm. there was permission to just slow down and listen, and and I and I just all these little subtle things, and, and 
I was blown away. And it's pretty hard to blow me away these days mm. considering what I do and all the things I talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but I was just so not only empowered and left there uh, feeling so alive. And honestly, I do. My listeners who know that I just um, ended my five and a half year relationship, I think that I, the empowerment I actually got to finally choose me you know, in a, you know, we had so many rounds of, of um, us getting stuck in these patterns, and I finally was like, I need to stop doing this by, mm-hmm. by choosing me. Honestly, the insight came after driving away from your session. Mm. And I don't think it came from you, because you, the touch you were doing at one point when we finally got to the genitals, I remember you holding kind of the, the bottom part, I, what is it called, the, the frochette? The, oh! It was the base of my vaginal yep. opening. You didn't have a finger inside, though. It was still external. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was just kind of on like the bottom part of the vulva. Mm-hmm. And your finger was just staying there. And I, through that, I remember seeing all these, like your finger there, and I could feel my G-spot, like feeling, mm. filling with fluid and just like, oh my God, my pussy's pulsating. I haven't felt that in forever. And um, so it's not that, insight came about what I needed to do there but I also had some tears in there that was mm-hmm. released when you were um, touching around my breasts that I had requested for you to do but I, and it was on the drive home so I guess I'm saying that um, there there's releases in there happening that I didn't have a story of what I was releasing mm-hmm. I didn't really know mm-hmm. but it felt like it cleared out something that I didn't need to have a story for then you know, be in my head, why is this? What am I clearing mm-hmm. out? What am I crying about now? I didn't know. I was just doing it and feeling it. But it cleared out something so that when on my way home, I could come into clarity. Mm-hmm. And that was super powerful. So I'm just like, I'm so excited because to like have more sessions to see like what else yeah. happens. Unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super exciting. I mean, all that we did, I mean, that was you. Mm-hmm. It was what you wanted. And so you had an opportunity to really sit with your body and to ask. And the wisdom is already there. Yeah. It's going to, if we just pause and listen, it's mm-hmm. going to say something. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I highly recommend this to everyone. So, people, we were talking about somatic sex education. Sometimes, some people don't really know what somatic means. Okay. So, can you def- describe a little bit more of what that is to our listeners? They've they've heard it before, but they still might not under- fully understand what's the difference between that and just like sex education. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. somatics. The word soma is a Greek word, and it means the body, but it's not separate from your mind. It's not like, oh, they're two different things or the body is like an object. It's your experience mm-hmm. in your body. So that's the the root meaning of that. So th- we're talking about everything. Mm-hmm. So this includes your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so somatics is, is a practice of getting into your body through various exercises, getting in touch with your sensations, your felt sense, and... Um, you know, seeing what it is that you really find pleasurable and what you like. But, you know, so there is there are somatic fields that don't deal too much with sexuality. And so this is kind of where our field is able to come in. And so we're trauma informed. Some of us have done um, a lot of work on or taken extra trainings uh, with trauma. And so, um, yeah, it's just an it's a I mean, really, the tra- the basis for transformation and change is always going to be in the body. So yeah, we don't not deal. In the mind. Yeah. We don't mm-hmm. deal with stories, mm-hmm. although you know people might want to share them. But mm-hmm. we're not um, therapists, so mm-hmm. we don't really like dissect that in any way. And so what you were describing happens often, where people are like, "There was no story. There was no nothing that was attached to it. It was just my body was doing something. Something was moving. Something yeah. was shifting. I was feeling." Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that 
like we get a chance to slow down. We get a chance for the body to really be able to talk about how it feels mm-hmm. in a, you know, in its sexual realm mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. and pleasure and like or reorienting pl- to pleasure mm-hmm. um, and doing various exercises to get in your body and also like consent and boundaries, these things that we, we do, you know, it's, it's, we can read about them all that we want. And, but when we put them into practice, when using our bodies or, um, you know, like that's when it lands with people. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many more like aha moments. Mm -hmm. You could talk about trauma. We could talk and learn about it. But when you really are getting in your body and being able to experience it, these are like the moments where yeah. change happens. When I and I, I, on this podcast, I, you know, I talk about sex all the time, all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I'm working on my things again, and and but I'm I can, can I I know all the things. Mm-hmm. I know that if I have a self pleasure practice, and you know that if I breathe and I um, am present with my touch and da da da. My brain knows all these things and that I can feel more arousal, more drive, more aliveness in my body. But my body has a block because of some shit that went down mm-hmm. and, and where I, I literally felt myself years ago and literally felt myself turned down and turn off. And so I understand this. My brain is on board. My body isn't yet. In fact, it has. my body needs... They need to work together, obviously, because my brain needs to get on board and, and to make these choices to take this round and this path. But until my body really feels it, it is not... It's it's not in me yet. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. I don't trust it. I have an idea of it. So I really believe. Like the body really is the way. And yet we live in a society that is like so conditioned to run away from the body right. and to not feel from it because feeling can really hurt. Yeah, it can be, it can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. And so, really, like what what I love doing is like why slowness works mm-hmm. is that you get to titrate. And so you get to kind of come up to your body, start saying hello. If it starts to get overwhelming, we pause and. Mm-hmm. And wait. So we don't like oh keep overwhelming the body. Mm-hmm. We can take our time and sort of, oh, what's this? So that when because when we do come into our bodies, we experience things, you know, all of a sudden grief around like what's happening to the world and all these things, like oh, I can feel it, but you also feel more connected to humans, you feel more connected to the earth. And so there's a wide range of emotions that can come up, but what we're teaching is tools to be able to um, support that mm-hmm. as it's happening so that you don't feel overwhelmed and shut down again. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you're, you're speaking to that aliveness that comes, and part of being alive is all is is discomfort, is sadness, is mm-hmm. pain, is anger, is all of those things. And I, again, where I think we're conditioned to run away from aliveness because it, aliveness can mean really hard stuff. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and when it comes to sexuality, I mean, that, in my belief, is it runs at the core of all of us and it's the easiest one to hurt and to target and to shut down. And so it's, and there's so many other things that are too, but um, I really admire the work that you're doing. Can you explain to our listeners a little bit, because... You know, you're guiding people in your work. Um, what are some of the tools that you teach people that they can do to get in their own bodies when they go home? Right, because I mean, you're helping them in your office, but you're part of it so that they can go home and do it on their own, right? Yeah, so I mean, it really depends because nobody's body is the same. So nobody's trauma is the same. You know, like it, it depends on so much. And so, um, you know, what kind of practices people want to choose to do? And that's part of it is like, 
what's choice? What's the pleasurable thing here? Like, what's the thing that gives you resistance? You know, what happens if you practice this or this? But, you know, typically, I mean, just starting out with doing something like a body scan Mm -hmm. and having that, like, see what that happens over a week. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you get to check in with me about it. Like, resistances that come up or, oh, I noticed I don't really feel my knee or my leg or something, you know, but that is the first thing because you're just orienting yourself to your body. You're saying hello after maybe a time that you've never done that before. And I just, as you say that, I loved when, when I was in your office that one of the first things we did was the tapping of the body. Yes. And you said, don't forget to tap your genitals and your butthole. Yep. And I was like, that is awesome. No one has ever told me to include my butthole in any sort of body scan or, the, or this, this is a tapping over the clothes to connect yes. everything and wake it up. But I love that. I was like, oh yeah, don't forget these parts, including the internal yeah. part that I can still touch, but I just ignore every time I do a body scan. Right, right. So you don't think about that. You're like, oh, I just skip right over the pelvis yeah. and like go right on up and mm-hmm. check in what's going on in my belly. But like, you know, what if you really slow down mm-hmm. and you do, you just sort of look, you know, scan in your brain like, what is happening in my genitals? Mm-hmm. Do I feel sensation there? Do I feel nothing? What's going on? You know, or shame or I don't know, you know, but you don't have to do it with, Um, you get to suspend your judgments and just sort of notice. So like really somatics is like noticing what is happening Mm -hmm. in your body. And yeah, inviting in and then all the feelings and emotions that that come with it. Yeah, and being able to track what's happening, getting in touch with sensations. So emotions can come up, but like what we're kind of diving a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So getting in touch with the body means we're talking about sensations. So like, Earlier, I felt really anxious. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to the podcast. Oh, God, I'm probably going to forget everything I ever know. But, like, <laughs> uh, you know, so to describe that, that would be uh, my chest. It's in my chest. Mm-hmm. So, location. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling up like putter, pitter patter, mm-hmm. uh, tightness. And so we start to use these kind of descriptive words to develop that language versus just saying, I'm anxious. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you know mm-hmm. what is happening? You know, and you just start to develop a language and you can track what, Oh, I went to the store and this thing made me anxious because mm-hmm. I felt here. I felt this, or I have a pain here or I don't, I don't have any feeling here. Yeah. So, and the thing and that applies to, to sex in so many different ways. I mean, one, if I'm feeling all these things, like I'm feeling anger to, you know, at my partner or I'm feeling anxious about this thing, um, and then I go and try to have sex right after, of course, it's going to affect sex because mm-hmm. there's this thing that I'm in, in maybe not tending to, this part of me. But also when we refine the skill in tending to um, our our body and our emotions and you know, the sensations in life outside of sex, this is why we often say if you want to um, get more connected to your body or have more connected sex, start a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be sexual, but you start these things like you're talking about a body scan um, and having these practices where it becomes more uh, default for you to connect to your body in that way, then it will carry over in sex. And what you're saying is include your butt hole in your genitals. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget that. They're a part of your body. Yeah, I like that one that you, we did. So I think we, we started the toes tapping. Mm-hmm. And you tap with your fingers every part of your body, making your way all the way up. Yeah. Don't forget your genitals, went all the way to the top of the head. Did we go back down again? Or I don't know. We didn't. Okay. So that's something, yeah. So if if you're at home and you're like, how can I start doing this? That exercise is actually a, from Peter Levine. Mm. And so I love it. So Peter Levine has this book called Healing Trauma. Mm. And 
what I love about it, it's like really a easy, simple book. Like, and that it's it it is well written for people who are like just getting started with this. Like, I totally recommend that. Mm-hmm. And in the back is a CD of exercises. So, um, part of that, and he does it a little bit differently. So, but I can just sort of describe it. So this one, I def- yeah. So this is one of my favorite exercises. So you just can start at your toes. And you just tap the ends of your fingers on your toes. And you can get really detailed with it. So like mm-hmm. you can really go over your toes mm-hmm. little by little. The crevices, though, you had me do that inside the toes. <laughs> yes, I remember Don't that. Don't forget. I, was like, I would never think to do that. Touch the, you, you, the invitation to touch the even the parts that you normally wouldn't touch. Yeah. 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 And um, you can say something. If you want, you can say, like, this is my toe. Mm-hmm. This is my big toe, you know. Uh, hi, hello, <laughs> hi, Joe. Welcome yeah. back. You know, uh-huh. welcome to you know my body. Mm. Here we go. So those are some of the things you can do that over your whole body. So you can really take your time with them. You can spend like twenty minutes yeah. doing this and yeah. really seeing. And notice too, like you can uh, tap your feet, like if you start there, and then uh, stop tapping and notice the sensation. Mm-hmm. Like what is going on there? Is it feeling a little tingly? Like feeling much at all Mm. so you can really take your time with this Mm -hmm. and so uh, yeah that's a part of what I do with people in person right away Um, and then I actually just today recorded a body scan Mm. meditation that'll have up on my website for people to be able to just download on their phone so they can just listen to it. So helpful for people who are like, I don't know how to guide myself in this. Yeah, Yeah. that's how I learned. I love it. I Mm. have meditations that I listen to from other people. And so I want to make my own that includes our genitals and, you know. Don't leave the genitals out. (laughs) This is one of the complaints that I've heard in the yoga world is that yoga is embraced about embracing the whole body except for sexuality. Yeah. Let's not talk about that one thing. Called the genital hole. Yeah. It's the like... Oh, it's the thing we don't address. Uh So, you know, we're just not going to talk about it. We're going to completely ignore it, even though it's a huge part of Mm -hmm. our lives and has, um, I mean, all the anatomy is connected. It's not like the separate functioning its own little world down there. It's connected to all parts of ourselves. So, Yeah, totally. And there's nerve endings that connect the vagus nerve. Yeah. Connects to my pelvic floor, runs through you. What about, so (laughs) so part of your role that you you do is masturbation or pleasure coaching. First of all, does the word masturbation, I heard there was like some old definition that meant to soil one's hand. Didn't it have, who told us that? Um, It was, it was who we used to teach with. She said that. When oh. when we were teaching, she said she doesn't like the word masturbation because she, her she heard that it means to soil one's hand, which I think is during okay. the whole Kellogg era right. when they were literally like, telling, naughty, naughty. yes, and they were like sewing on boys' penises like barbed wire so that oh, if they goodness. touched themselves and got erect, that it would hurt them. Aye, aye, aye. Barbaric era, but um, do you use the term masturbation? And what is masturbation coaching all about? I mean, I actually use pleasure coaching. Okay, pleasure coaching because. I mean, when I want to open it up, I want to open up the word pleasure. Mm-hmm. So especially with folks who are maybe are not there yet, who aren't ready to touch their bodies or just kind of like, I don't know, not quite there. Pleasure can be anything from taking a walk, you know, and breathing and just enjoying noticing your sensations, the cool air, things like that, a really good food. And so, you know, anything that like f- you find pleasure in. And so pleasure, like following it, where does it go? What feels most pleasurable? And so even just doing that, like I notice when I practice it, when I'm practicing that even anything with work related, like, oh, 
that's this way is more pleasurable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm like finding more enjoyment mm-hmm. <laughs> of life. So starting it out like that and um, but then also, yeah, involving self-pleasure into it and um, having that as a practice like your own time. Mm-hmm. This is so with me. Yes, we get to practice slowing down, doing all these things uh, so that you can learn. But but somatics really like the transformation is through practice. Mm-hmm. So doing an at home thing, a time that you get to set aside for just yourself mm-hmm. and you put on whatever music you find pleasurable. If you want to like have a fluffy pillow, mm-hmm. like whatever, like, like you just, yeah, yeah pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And then, you can just, if you want, breathe and just be there and hold your, you know, genitals if you want, or you can, uh, you know, all kinds of things. But what it's doing is like, we're, what it's not just masturbation, like go right for the genitals and we're yeah. done. And have orgasm. You know, mm-hmm. and I like that kind of masturbation personally too. So yeah. I'm not shaming that yeah. in any way, but this no is slowing down. Yeah. This is an opportunity to really be like, I'm going to follow pleasure. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Maybe I just need to rest or um, maybe I do feel like, you know, turn on a little bit of porn, getting a little excited mm-hmm. and then coming back to my body. But we're touching our entire body. Mm-hmm. So you're not, it's not just so genital focused. Mm-hmm. So you can, we teach breath work, we teach slowing down, we teach and and you can get aroused and then touch your whole body. And mm-hmm. so you're integrating your whole body and it's not this separate thing. Mm-hmm. Uh just the genitals only and I we so we just did by the time this airs May is over so we did our masturbation May also known as self-pleasure 30-day challenge on Instagram for shameless sex and uh, so many people couldn't wrap their head around because what we asked the intention of it was to help people to connect to their bodies in a, in a deeper way because mm-hmm. that's the number one request we get from people we're like there I'm not connected mm-hmm. to my body I don't know how to get connected and so we say, you got to create the practices. Um, so the request that we made was using no porn or vibrators, and you're they're welcome to use it other times. And of course, if they have to use it, you know mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to exclude folks with disabilities. But the the intention of that for ten minutes, just for ten minutes a day, and that's it. And ten minutes a day for thirty days, just to see what happens, what you learn, what comes up. Mm-hmm. People couldn't wrap their heads around it. They, they, some people were upset that we asked not to use vibrators um, because they're so set on it, meaning it has to lead to orgasm. Mm-hmm. The point of this, and I think what you're talking about, is to check in with yourself and follow the thread and listen. And if orgasm becomes a part of that, awesome, that's a bonus. But to not really have goals because Mm -hmm. goals take you out of what is in the present moment, Mm -hmm. right? Is that kind of what you're instructing people in a little bit? Yeah, I mean, because, and that's why I like to call it pleasure. Pleasure. Uh Yeah, because there there doesn't have to be orgasm Mm -hmm. to find pleasure. I mean, our entire body is a pleasure organ. Yeah. And so just spending time with that, that's your practice. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to orgasm if you don't want to. Yeah. You know, but yeah, definitely. Like when we, we become goal oriented, it becomes harder for us to really stay yeah. uh, embodied. We're looking for the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, trying so hard. Mm-hmm. And your body is like, no, like yeah. I can't tell me times I've like, you know, put a vibrator on my clit and it's like, I'm just like, oh, I am going to get, get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you get, my body and you is get like, there, but it sucks, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, you can still get there, but I, I think when I do that, I get there and I can feel amazing for a little bit, but I don't feel this deep connection to my body. Yeah. So I'm not, again, not shaming. I love me some vibrators, everyone. Yes, and so I'm not shaming that or shaming watching porn at all. It's, it's just that they're, 
there are some ways that we can slow down and really listen and connect and see what's there. And through that, and so here's the other thing. I'm, you know, I'm aware of this not of not having goal-oriented sex and self-pleasure. So I've been doing that, but I, so maybe I haven't been set on orgasm, but I've still been set on big pleasure. I've still been set mm-hmm. on looking, find, see, finding, feeling these big things that are euphoric or throbbing in my pussy. Uh, you have this this thing that I'm looking for. And when I was in session with you, I noticed that even just looking for that, even though it's just it's not even goal oriented towards orgasm, it still is goal oriented towards big pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so I'm missing out on all the subtle things. And I so and I was yeah. able to feel it in your office. I was like, oh. Holy shit, I've been missing out all of this. Like my right now, because I'm following the thread and I've been doing it in this mm-hmm. slow way for this long, my pussy is pulsating. Mm-hmm. It is throbbing. My G spot does feel like it's about to ejaculate all over the place. All these things I thought I haven't been able to feel in so long are available because I've been looking for the bigger thing. And there's other reasons why, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, the big thing can be in just slowing down and holding, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and then you really like there's times where I just hold my hand over my pussy mm-hmm. and just that's it. And you can pay attention what's happening down there. Ooh, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's moving over there because yeah. it's constantly changing. But you do get a moment, mm-hmm. you know, for the body to just let you know. And this applies to all bits, everyone. You can literally do all of these practices that River's talking about in sexological body work applies to all folks, all bodies, yeah. to penises, to testicles, to vulvas, to other bits in between, to anuses, yeah. all the things. So, um, okay, what is what is tension and trauma release? The, I know you, there's specific exercises, but how can what are they and how can they help people? Yeah, okay. So tension and trauma release exercises, I'll just shorten it to TRE, mm-hmm. um, was developed by Dr. David Barcelli, who had been wor- working and living in war zones. And so had just noticed like these common threads among humans and how they react, like their actual body mm-hmm. reacts. And so we tend to like crouch up and sort of, you know, hold our uh, major organs, you know, mm-hmm. make sure that they don't get... Um, hurt and so but then there's what is the so there's all this like stress and these stress hormones that get activated what happens afterwards how do we release this how do we finish this and so also at the same time there's all this developments around trauma and people starting to realize like oh wow you know like in, it lives in the body. The body holds it. The body keeps the, the score. The body keeps the score. It's a book, everyone, exactly. But it really does. <laughs> it remembers. It's a very good mm-hmm. book. And so, um, what these so TRE is a self help tool. So people usually come in for probably about three sessions or so, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, I just teach TRE sometimes, and that's it. And then the people are done. They don't want to do somatic sex education. Uh, but I often really like to start with this mm-hmm. because it gives the people a tool. So it's seven super like simple, mm-hmm. modifiable exercises that get the shaking mechanism that is naturally in our bodies mm-hmm. to start going. Mm-hmm. And so that shaking, so when people are overwhelmed, all these stress hormones Hap, uh, you know, make us either go into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't finish the trauma response, then we end up like feeling hypervigilant. We have anxiety, we have pain, we have tension. And the shaking is a way to complete a response mm-hmm. if needed, or just let go of, of stress. Like, and so intention that's held in the body 
from day-to-day things. But it is a natural thing, mm-hmm. and we have completely suppressed it. And I think animals do this. Animals when, do when this. When they get you, into, yeah, yes. you see them. They get into some whole little tiff or or you know dog fight or something, and you they see shake. them go and shake it off. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all land mammals do this, including us. So this is a very natural thing, and you can watch any you know Discovery Channel thing, mm-hmm. and you watch them. They're twitching mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so. They just do it, mm-hmm. you know, but we, it's vulnerable, you know, to be seen doing that, you know, and people start to think, oh, if I'm shaking, you know, I might scare other people or, you know, there's, so there's they a certain way to be, shut to be, it yeah. down and that shutting down, you know, you're not giving your body a chance to like complete and release what it needs to do. So these exercises get people, um, to develop a relationship with that that feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I like to start out there. So we do these exercises um, that like fatigue our muscles so that they start to shake. Like Mm -hmm. you've ever been to the gym and you're like Mm -hmm. pumping iron your muscle. Yeah, Yeah, like that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so... Um, so is it a workout too? <laughs> it's not a workout. <laughs> no, <laughs> you won't be sweating. Like I don't need to go to the gym that same day. Just gonna <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, um, and then we have people uh, lie on the floor on a yoga mat with their feet on the floor and their knees up. And so that's kind of the like position. And there's other ways to do it if people need um, to have their body in a different position. Mm-hmm. And they get to shake for about 12, 15 minutes or so. But in that, we also teach how to slow it down. Mm. So we don't have them doing shaking for 12 minutes, and that's it. We have them slow down at least twice. Mm. And so at first, you know, people are kind of like, well, I just want to keep going. And it's like, well, you know, we're going to try to just <laughs> slow it down a little bit. Because then. what you're teaching your body to do is to titrate. Mm. And mm. so and that, that slowing down, that kind of self-regulation is huge for people. Mm. Like, li- like for me, too, as like somebody who's chronic anxiety, mm. being out there in the world, like that was a huge thing. Where it was like, I can, I can like shake for a little bit and I can slow it down. Mm-hmm. And so... There's a bunch of tools that also really helps people develop somatic awareness very quickly. Mm. And um, so I just love to teach it as like Mm. the first thing. And then once you get the hang of it, you can just do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And then as we're doing work together, as you're getting involved, you know, into your body and you're talking about your sexuality or difficult things, perhaps, or joyful things, and you want to shake, you won't be afraid of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll let it happen. Um, because you'll have a relationship to that. So this is a useful tool for pretty much everyone who... Yes. But do you have people that come with, with specific trauma, then they're you know they're coming for you to help them work through the trauma and want to learn this tool for that? Or do you think it just applies to everyone for any time that they're feeling that? I wish everyone knew this. Yeah. Because I think it... Even if you don't have a significant memory of something... Um, most of us have been traumatized in some way. Mm-hmm. And so trauma is the overwhelming of our nervous system and our way, our coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, maybe when you were younger or who knows, you know, and it, could, it doesn't have to be sexual trauma. It could be, you know, falling off a bike or something that kind of rattles our system a little bit. And even just with stress, like, oh gosh, you know, work every day and I'm so stressed out, but I can go home and I can shake and release some of this tension. Mm-hmm. And what people really like about it is that um, it there's not a story that's attached to it usually. So people do have emotions that come up, but 
it's just the body. Mm. It's like a mas- massage from mm. the inside out and the body just gets to do it for a bit. Mm. And so it's like a pressure valve. So they like say just releasing the pressure a little bit. Mm. So I think everybody can use it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've had uh, some experiences. I've talked about this a little bit. I don't talk about it too much on the podcast, but um, I have drank ayahuasca a number of times. And in it, uh, I've had these experiences where my body just shakes itself. Mm-hmm. I'm not t- meaning for it to do that, but under the medicine, it's shaking for like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. It feels so good. I just <laughs> let it do it. And my, my legs, sometimes they're going crazy too, but my body's like, burn, and, and I can feel it's shaking something out. Like it's it's shaking, mm. it's doing what it wants to do and I'm going to let it do its thing and it feels incredible to give myself that permission and then there is some sort of release happening in there. So um, I hear that you're teaching people and they don't need the medicine to do that. That Literally people can have their own tools to do it on their own. Yeah, and it's amazing. Mm. And to be able to practice it at home and, and learn about it. So like it is something that you can take with you mm. and you know, like, there's been moments where I've just been in my car mm-hmm. <laughs> shaking and like getting, you know, the I was scared or something, <laughs> but I, yeah. you know, something happened and I was, you know, had to process it, but I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. I don't fear it. I don't feel weird. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels totally natural and I'm okay with it. Mm. And so I'm so you know. fascinated. I wonder if it'd be helpful. Just this amount I'm trying to make this all about me, but I have a thing about, <laughs> about night that I want really want to work on because when I was a kid, I lived in a big seven-bedroom Victorian house uh, with my parents, and I was scared every night. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted a little brother or a little sister so that I didn't have to be alone. I always wanted friends to spend the night. Nothing bad actually happened to me at night except that I was scared and wasn't. Uh, I didn't feel taken care of in my fear. Um, I, my mom is one of the best parents I can ask for and she kind of had an idea that I needed to be strong. I needed to learn how to self-soothe a little bit. So, there was I wasn't I could go in their room and say I was scared, but I wasn't allowed to like sleep mm-hmm. in their bed or any of that. And and um and so I lived a lot of most of my many pretty much every night that I can remember until I was like twelve or thirteen, really scared. So I have this fear of night and um that happens. And so I like I want really want to work on that. I'm wondering if I'm like in the dark outside and I feel that fear if I just like started shaking if it would invite my body to move through like would it apply to something like that mm, try it out yeah you well know? I gotta learn how to do it first <laughs> so I'll come in your office okay, and you can teach good. me yeah and like what I another thing that I love about it and that I noticed in my own uh you know practice with it is because a lot of people start to shake in their legs mm-hmm. that's where people generally start when they're learning about it and their pelvis mm-hmm. and so you know, I've had people that I've coached through it, you know, where we could talk about sexuality who are like, oh, you know, I'm using this as a part of my pleasure practice mm-hmm. and, um, you know, releasing tension in my pelvis. But there is like points where I felt turned on, mm-hmm. you know, and the not this didn't just happen to me, but like my at one week, like my right uh, pussy lip on the, out, the out, outer lip pulsated mm. for like a week and Whoa. i was like okay you, you do you <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever Go you ahead, want rock yourself yeah do whatever you <laughs> but want i was like oh this is happening this is kind of fun walking I don't around know why. yeah, yeah. <laughs> everywhere you go there's there's my pussy just pulsating yeah so people can bring it in because it is you know working a lot in our pelvis and mm-hmm. yeah what about scar tissue remediation i know that you do that in your work and dolly does that as well yeah. from what i've um, what I'm aware of is and that it's really powerful. And this, this is specifically, talk, I guess now we're talking again to touching the genitals um, is where this you're not usually doing this kind of work. I mean, I, not just genitals. Okay. And so, um, you know, 
Unfortunately, there really isn't a lot of um, aftercare for people who have had like surgery and and how how to deal with scars, you know, abdominal surgeries Mm -hmm. that really like, so what, how scar tissue forms is the fibroblasts send out a bunch of collagen Mm -hmm. um, to repair a wound. And so when that happens, it's, it's, sporadic Mm -hmm. and so it just kind of lays down a bunch of collagen really quick and then it tightens and so our skin and it can adhere to other parts of the muscles Mm -hmm. and then you start to get stiffness like if you ever had a scar you could tell it's really it can be really tight Mm -hmm. and so um our work is sort of is touching that and being able to um loosen up mm-hmm. and have it be more slidey and glidey so that it hopefully, you know, it's not causing too much stress in other parts or tugging on your body in a way that affects your whole posture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, like there's um, people who've had scars in their abdomen and, you know, you can see the scar on the top of the skin, but if you trace it with your hands, the scar travels mm. in the body. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes reaching their pelvis, mm-hmm. you know, all the way to their genitals. Yeah. And so I, you know, typically, yes, I'm doing work that is either genital related or um, like folks who have just given birth um, who, or, you know, are w- wondering why they're feeling pain and, um, yeah, and gender affirming surgeries. Mm-hmm. Scars can like scars are a part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Everyone has them, even if you don't have a visible one. Mm-hmm. So adhesion is another term for a scar too. And so this is like anywhere in the body where the muscle, like it's not sliding. Mm-hmm. And so it's stuck. Mm-hmm. And they start to adhere to each other and they can grow and kind of travel throughout the body. So falling down, that can create scar tissue in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just kind of walking scar tissue. Yeah, we are. Our whole bodies are. <laughs> but, you know, this is why touch is so important, mm-hmm. receiving any massage, really, which is can help to break that up, or relax the body a little bit, myofascial release techniques. Bring more blood flow there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so um, in infections, any inflammatory things can cause scar tissue, too. So people who have had chronic infections, um, like UTIs mm-hmm. can cause scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, like internally? Yes. Ah. And so what makes our work as uh, somatic sex educators and sexological body workers unique is that we can work intervaginally, interanally around scar tissue mm-hmm. so that people perhaps have more sensation, it can loosen up a little bit, become more slidey-glidey, you mm-hmm. know, prevent pain. Um, and also help to reintegrate the body mm-hmm. around how the scar came about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the, bo- the body kind of creates a new story around it, how it relates to the scar through the healing? Yeah, or mm-hmm. like if it was a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those emotions can sometimes feel held mm-hmm. in ah, our scars. Yeah. So, you know, if we're touching them, it can mean a lot for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and so you're, and you're touching them, but then there's, you can teach people touch so they can go do at home too. Yes. Yeah. So you would, you would do the touch and then say here, so what can they go? What would that look like for them to to touch their own scars or areas that are kind of trauma spots in their body? So if you're, if you have a scar and even if you don't, you can always just sort of feel around, like if you're going to work, um, if you have a vulva and you want to work intervaginally, and you can feel around if there's any place that's not 
that doesn't feel like it's slidey or glidey. And so really like what scar tissue remediation is doing is we, we tend to use mostly castor oil because mm-hmm. uh, it has anti-inflammatory properties and it's uh, very good at breaking up scar tissue. Mm-hmm. You don't have to use castor oil, mm-hmm. but it just tends to work the best yeah. is what we've noticed. So, um, but like anything, coconut oil or something really like very loving touch mm-hmm. is going to do wonders. Mm-hmm. So if you feel a scar, if you have a scar, what I recommend is to get some castor oil. And if you're going to go um, on any sort of mucous membrane, I would test it on your skin first. So you can put it on your wrist and see if there's any allergic reaction. Um, and then if there's not, after about 24 hours, then you can use it um, on your vulva if needed. But you, what I like to do, like like genital mapping, mm-hmm. I like map the scar. Mm-hmm. So like touching it, going down, going around it. Mm-hmm. Is it traveling anywhere else? And sort of just like getting to know it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people with our scars, we tend to kind of just not Don't touch it, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it doesn't even that. exist, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a lot for mm-hmm. people. So taking your time, being really gentle. But if you're doing any sort of... Um, massage on it by getting a little bit of, of castor oil and just doing things like circles mm-hmm. over holding. it holding mm-hmm. you can uh just kind of stretch the skin a little bit uh you can pluck it mm-hmm. after a period of time and you'll notice it change mm-hmm. so if you're doing it over time you're definitely going to notice like oh there's a total shift in mm-hmm. how this looks or how this feels i have more sensation here I have a, a body worker friend who does Lomi Lomi. They live out in um, Hawaii, and they were telling me that the for body workers, like actual just massage therapists who are usually using their hands, they the average lifespan of their career is like only five or seven years because it's so hard on the body. Yeah, and that she believes, and, and so what she had to do is start learning to use her feet. So she walks on people, and she's absolutely amazing what she does. But she, you also see her when she's at her home. She's constantly working on her own body. She's on little rollers and balls, and she's doing. She's not just like doing yoga. She's literally massaging her own body. And she says that she believes that just as equally as she goes and works on other people, she needs to work on herself. And that there's that every, this mm-hmm. applies to everyone, that we all have the ability to work and tend to ourselves, but we're act, most people are not doing it. We're, we're mm-hmm. waiting for someone else to do it. And yes, I understand going to someone else, especially what you're talking about. I'm sure plenty of listeners still are like, I hear what you're saying. I don't know how to do it. So yes, it would be great for you to go and have a session or three or five or forever with the sexological mm-hmm. body worker so that you can have that experience. And then, but then equally going home and doing the practices is so important. It is mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much for anything to do with the body is yeah. practice over time. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed recently I haven't been getting massages and mm-hmm. I got injured, mm-hmm. you know, and when I went to go get one, my body, it was out of practice of receiving. Mm-hmm. And so it just couldn't even relax all the way. So I was like, I uh, am scheduling another one. Yeah, I need, a, I need another <laughs> like, one. Yeah. I need to relax more, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I, like your friend, I totally believe that. Yeah. 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 Everyone go, go all in the time, uh, touch. learn some practice. Yeah. Yeah. It, whenever you can. Even I was noticing too, I'll go through phases where I will uh, be in certain environments. So I'll just let my hands caress my body. I'll be fully clothed, but they just run up and down just because it feels good to feel the sensation. Mm-hmm. And I'll even sometimes let them go over my breasts. And there's certain environments that I'm in where I'm just like, I went, you know, I was at Hakomi and I was doing that. And I've been in plenty of environments where most people just don't do that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this belief 
I can't touch myself in public and I'm not, I'm not like diddling my clit or anything, but I'm still doing something. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. I'm following a pleasure thread and that is okay. And if other people have an issue with that, then we can talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> Come to me and talk about it. But I, I understand. <laughs> you know, if I was getting naked and touching my genitals in front of you, it'd be a different story. Okay, tell our listeners, because we need to wrap this up soon, what is your the erotics art project? You mentioned that you are an artist and you were an art doing art before you were doing sexological body work. What is it? Sounds like you've combined the two. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I had a show at Pure Pleasure. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. And so um, when I was doing... Uh, training the somatic sex education training up in Canada and I was like a dual student half teacher and part of that was doing a project and I was just like I want I like always knew there was something like I wanted them to be connected Mm -hmm. so I incorporated uh, playing with art supplies and being creative with my pleasure practice Mm -hmm. and so it was a curiosity what happens you know if i do them at the same time so you're self-pleasuring and doing art at the same time or is like one before the other how many hands do you have okay (laughs) well you have to get everything set up okay (laughs) you know and i mean well it was a little bit of both so i mean it depended on what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. right so sometimes it would be Oh, I do, you know, 20, 30 minutes or 40, whatever of just a pleasure practice. And then I would go mm-hmm. create something. See what kind of creativity flows yeah. through you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, or just what's coming out and, and having a sketchbook, having no, you know, like no goal for yeah. that either. No agenda. Yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, here's a sketchbook. It's just meant for play. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to make it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like stick figures. And whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever I wanted to, mm-hmm. being weird with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was great. And so it, it just started to develop from there. And so from there, I asked um, some folks if they would be willing to do the experiment. Mm-hmm. And so they created some artwork. We printed it out and we had a show mm-hmm. at Pure Pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so there's all, like, I, I mean, there's just the two things are so connected, mm-hmm. right? Like creativity and sexuality. Yeah, uh-huh. Like they're just, they're, they're, best, coming, they're best friends. I mean, if you if you, the <laughs> folks were into like chakras, right? When they say they come from the same yeah. place where the second, second chakra is your, you know, drive, creativity, passion, sexuality, yeah. all just flowing out of this one place. And I'm not an expert in this realm of chakra world, but it makes sense. And I do know mm-hmm. that when my sexuality is on fire, my creativity is on fire. Yes. I open up all of a sudden and I'm like, wow, all these ideas. I'm just so whoa, alive and driven. And when my sexuality is kind of turned down, my creativity can still be alive, but it, it has less of that like passionate fire that it can have. Yeah. They feed each other. They really do. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and especially when I like have the intention of, of, carving time out for both Mm -hmm. i'm a happier person yeah Mm -hmm. you know because both of these things that i love are being paid attention to Mm -hmm. and it's joyful Mm -hmm. you know and so you get to make a bunch of artwork and so that's what the erotic arts project is and so where do people find it so it's the erotic arts project dot life and so i'll be having some online classes that are going to be coming out so people can practice in their home Mm. Um, and I'm hoping eventually to do another art show because mm-hmm. I just loved that. I loved seeing all these like things that people made 
after wanking. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> just this like post wank. What do they do yeah. and how they felt mm-hmm. afterwards? And so, mm-hmm. well, if you want to yeah, come back so to Santa juicy. Cruz and do it at Pure yeah. Pleasure, <laughs> we will host you. All right. And so, okay, how can people? So that's for the Erotic Arts Project. So you offer if you in the Bay Area, you're in Berkeley, you have an yes. office here. People can do in session. Uh, or in, sorry, in-person sessions here. You do work online. We tell our listeners more about all the ways they can work with you. Yeah, yeah. So I do online coaching. Mm-hmm. That is definitely available. Um, I, I like doing online coaching. And then, um, so that could look anything from if you want to develop a pleasure practice, if you want to learn more about your anatomy, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything really. And then the in-person stuff is, uh, you know, is the same, but, you know, it's going to be a little bit different because mm-hmm. it can offer eventually hands-on. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain quality about being in person mm-hmm. that um, being able to be like witnessed mm-hmm. in person makes people feel really co- comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do scar tissue remediation. I work with mostly um, uh, queer, trans, and non-binary folks mm-hmm. and um, cis women. Mm-hmm. And so they can come... Yeah, set up an appointment with me. Yeah. And usually people are just, you know, want having I want something. There's mm-hmm. a desire, like feel more connected. Okay, and then we, you know, figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. But it, with you know, scar tissue, I do work with um people who have had gender affirming surgeries mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's important to mm-hmm. be able to come to a practitioner who I'm also non binary and queer. And, uh, you know, who's going to get your pronouns and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, call the body parts what you want them to be called and, um, like, help to affirm who you are, you know, mm-hmm. and the things that you like and, um, yeah, and, you know, work on your scars mm-hmm. and make it comfortable. And what, so will you tell our listeners, because we talk about this on podcasts, will you remind our listeners as we close, I think this is just an important lesson, um, what, when you say non-binary, when you say, I mean, I think people know what queer means, but cis women and cis men and trans, you know, will you just give us a quick little refresher when you say that you work with cis women? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about when I, when I work with cis, what cisgendered is, so is someone, like when they were born, the doctors are like, you're the girl. It's a girl. And then throughout their life, they're like, yes. I am girl. I'm a girl. Yes. <laughs> she, yeah. her. Yes. These are my, I to- feel totally, you know, that feels right. Uh-huh. So that's. So that's a, that would be a cis woman. Cis woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. And a cis man, same thing. It's a boy. And yeah. then later on like, life, I'm a man. I, no. he, him. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, non binary can mean so many things mm-hmm. to so many people. Someone who does, but it, it, yeah, so many things, but they're not non binary, meaning you're not following one line or one or the other. You're, you're, in between some spectrum and defining it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So the binary is male, female. Mm-hmm. And so non-binary is, you know, it's not always in between. Mm-hmm. It can, you know, it's whatever our uh, glorious bodies and minds mm-hmm. can think of, mm-hmm. of like how we want to express ourselves mm-hmm. to the world and who we are. And it could change per day. It can. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get to choose. <laughs> So you're saying so you yeah so I think that's that's helpful for our listeners. So in in person most of your work that you're doing is with queer and non-binary um trans or cis cis women. Yeah. Um online you'll work with all those folks and you'll even work with some cis men online too. I do. Yeah, yeah sometimes and I have worked with them in person. I just think um there are 
people who work with cisgendered heterosexual men who Mm -hmm. do really good work out there. Yeah. Who Uh are like very good practitioners Mm -hmm. for that. that You're happy to refer them if you. Yeah. Because I just think they're doing great Uh Uh (laughs) stuff. And, you know, that's and people who, you know, want to work with me are usually Mm-hmm. queer trans yeah. non-binary well and i knew i'm not que- i'm not queer trans non-binary but i knew i needed to work with someone else who uh, also owned a vulva yeah that was important for me and i, uh, I got one and, and we did at that time we don't have anyone in santa cruz that i knew of that was a sexological body work worker who um owned a vulva um, so without mm-hmm. that and i i it just felt really important to me and i I'm sure at some point I'm, I would be comfortable working with someone who owned a penis, but that's not where I was at. And so I think that that was just, I was really grateful for that. And you used to live in Santa Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And you know, like there is, I mean, I just, I do have a lot of uh, cis women who reach mm-hmm. out, you know, just maybe feel safer yeah. or something or they like what I'm doing. And I really enjoy working with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I'm yeah. grateful, super grateful for it. Will you remind our listeners what your website is. My website is riverdrosera.life. And that's D R O S E R A. Yeah. Dot life. And then there's the erotic arts project dot life as well. Yeah, check it out. All right, everyone. <laughs> be sure to check it out. And I'm really grateful for you coming on our show and sharing more. And I'm sure I will share more as we continue to work together. And yeah. I go through my journey of understanding my body in a deeper way, reconnecting with it, reclaiming, or I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm doing something. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening, and I'm uh, not set on being what it once was, but I'm set on it becoming mine again, whatever that is. Um, so, yeah, everyone go check out riverdrosera.life. We love our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yes, and if you uh, haven't read a review about us, please go onto iTunes and write us a review. We love five-star reviews, but if you don't love us, then we understand why you wouldn't write a five-star review. Um, hopefully you do. And we listen to feedback. Be f- be, don't be afraid to email us at shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com if you have suggestions on how we can be better. We pay attention to that, and we read all the reviews. Um, and lastly, you've heard us talk about Margins Wine. We love Margins Wine. And if you're a wine fan, you can find out why we love it so much. It is a delicious wine made in Santa Cruz by a local woman, locally uh, owned and operated one-woman show, Delicious Organic Raw mm. Wine. Um, so go to marginswine.com, check it out, get on her newsletter list, and I will leave you all with that. As April would say, ciao for now. Bye. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.